Welcome to Kingdom Perspective Broadcast, the teaching ministry of Dr. David Ogaga. We believe that this message is going to open up the seals and cause you to have a deeper revelation into the Word of God that will make you see beyond the letters in the Word. Here is Dr. David. Father God, we just thank you for this moment. We bless and exalt you in. We magnify you because you are so precious and your word is life and spirit. We come, God, to receive instructions. We come to receive revelation. Oh Lord, that the spirit of our inner man might be fed completely so that we grow in the knowledge and the wisdom of your spirit to walk on this earth as sons and daughters of the Most High God. In Jesus' name, Amen. Okay. So, we continue with our study on expressing the kingdom of God, and this is going to be part number two. Expressing the kingdom of God. Uh, I would like to say something I I mentioned last week as well when we started this series. Uh, The kingdom of God is not what is coming tomorrow. The kingdom of God is not what is going to be dropping from the sky tomorrow. Right? The kingdom of God is righteousness is peace, is joy in the Holy Ghost. And so when the Holy Spirit comes into your life, that is God's kingdom invading your life. Amen? Are you done with me? Alright, so I need you to get this. Now, just a few reading on that as I introduce this again. Uh, Matthew twelve twenty-eight. Matthew 12 verse 28. Uh, Amplified translation if you can. He said, but if it is by the Spirit of God. Now here they were saying that he was casting out devil with the Spirit of Beelzebub. And he tried to respond by saying, if it were by the Spirit of God that I drive out the demons, then the kingdom of God has come upon you before you expected it. Before you expected it, had to do with before the day of Pentecost. Is that okay? So he was saying, now I'm casting out devils with the Spirit of God. Before you expect it to fully come into place, which has to do with the day of Pentecost. And so, when the demons are cast out of an individual, that is God's kingdom coming into that place to replace the spirit that was in charge of your life before ever you were born again. So give me Ephesians 2. Hallelujah. Look at verse 1 and 2 of Ephesians chapter 2, 1 and 2. And this is what he says. And you had a quickened who were dead in trespasses and sin. Quickened means made alive. You were dead, made alive. Hallelujah. Are you there with me? Then verse 2 says, Where in time past you walk according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of air, the spirit that now walketh in the children of disobedience. That means everyone have not been born again have a spirit that is controlling that individual. And it's called the spirit of the prince of the power of the air. So when God's kingdom comes, he replaces this spirit. So instead of this spirit of the prince of the power of the air controlling you, God's Holy Spirit begins to control you. Are you getting what I'm talking about? So when we're talking about expressing the kingdom, we're talking about you not living in the kingdom by reason of the Holy Spirit of God resident in your life. You begin to express what the Holy Spirit is manifesting to you and through you. Amen? 
So here we are find, we find that we are delivered, not that we shall be delivered, from the prince of the power of the air. This thing is cast out when the gold spirit comes into your life. And, and this is what the Lord was asking of to pray about in the book of Matthew chapter 6, 9 to 10. Matthew 6, 9 to 10. And he said, after this man I pray, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. You together? Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. What he's saying essentially here is, when God's kingdom comes upon the earth, invades the life of God's people. As many as God will be receiving to himself, this kingdom coming to invade their life, to dispatch every power, every dominion, every authority that was controlling them, so that his will is now done in such people that have received the kingdom. Now, this happened fully on the day of Pentecost. When the Holy Spirit came down on the day of Pentecost. You remember what happened when the day of Pentecost finally was come? The Bible said the disciples were in the upper room. And how many were they? 120. Remember that? Hallelujah. How many were they in the upper room? 120. They were in the upper room when the Holy Spirit came and the Bible says it sat upon them like a, with a tongue of fire, right? Now, I need to explain something to you from that perspective as well. You see, what really happened on the day of Pentecost was supposed to be what, what happened on Mount Sinai in the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, when the law were to be given, the Bible said the Holy Spirit, I mean God descended upon the mountain like fire and everything, earthquake, whatever was going on there. But you see, the laws were written on a tablet of stone. Primarily also because the children of Israel said, we don't want to hear you. So what's the next thing that happened? When you come to the New Testament, and the Holy Spirit comes upon you, the primary role of the Holy Spirit coming upon you is to have the laws of God written in your heart. Now you can fulfill the laws of God, you can obey the laws of God, because the laws are now written where? In your heart, instead of tablet of stones. That's the primary purpose of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You're walking with a new life, a new nature, a new order, because the laws are now written in the fleshy tablets of your heart. That same place where the enemy was residing, that same throne where the enemy was occupying, is being dislodged and God's laws are written in your heart. So that now you cannot obey God, you can respond to God when he talks to you. The link that was broken by reason of sin was reconnected. And so God now becomes your father. Why you become a son or a daughter of God? Are you sitting with me? Hallelujah. Let me show you something. Second Chronicles 5 verse number 12. I need you to read this for you to understand this. Also the Levite which were the singers and all of them of Asap and Hannah, Jadontum, with their sons and their brethren, 
being arrayed in white linen, having seen birds and sorcerers and halves, stood at the east end of the altar, and with them a hundred and twenty priests sounding the trumpets. What is that supposed to mean? There were one twenty in the upper room on the day of Pentecost. When Solomon was to inaugurate his temple after being built, one twenty priests were there to blow the trumpets. Can you get that? <laughs> so now we have 120 in the upper room, and now they become the new priestly order instead of the order of Melchizedek, I mean order of Aaron. So they came down with a new message, which is the trumpet, to inaugurate the new season. Can you see the connection? <laughs> so we are now the temple of the living God. And it was inaugurated on where? On the day of Pentecost. With how many people learn the trumpet? 120. You see, the scriptures are so wonderfully connected. If you take time to study the Bible. Amen? So the 120 were sounding the trumpet when Solomon was inaugurating his temple. And when we come to the time of the Pentecost, 120 were in the upper room. So when this 120 came down from the upper room, they were sounding a new song, a new trumpet. And the people were still engaged in their old religion in the temple. Making natural sacrifices, whatever the case may be. But here was a new group of people, a royal priesthood, a man after the order of Melchizedek, bringing forth a new message, a new song, and they said, these guys are drunk with wine. I tell you something, when you connect with this message, when you connect with the truth of God's word, there's a new song that comes out of your mouth in the midst of religious people. They think you are drunk. They think you don't know what you're doing. They think you are mad. <laughs> but it's a new song. Because it's contrary to what they have been used to. It's contrary to what they have ever believed. It's contrary to what they have ever trusted in. We're blowing a new trumpet. Among Zion. We got what it takes to sound the trumpet for Babylon to understand what God is saying at this moment. It took 120 to sound the trumpet Second Chronicles. Now nah, he took 120 to bring it a new day. And as we connect to this group of people, to the Holy Spirit, the trumpet is coming louder and louder and louder. Glory to God. Until the knowledge of the Lord covers the earth as the waters cover the sea. And I'm telling you, this is going to be done. Are you here with me? It's going to happen. Everyone, Christa tells me, and I believe it, of the name of Jesus, all tongues shall confess, all knees shall bow, that Jesus is Lord to the glory of the Father. There's not going to be any hiding place for anybody. But we know in Revelation 21, I saw no more sea. No multitude of people who have no understanding of the word of God. No multitude of people who are swayed by the prince of the power of the air. All of that is nullified. We come into a new season in God. As the trumpet is sounding in the most holy place. Sounding out the mind, the will, the purposes of God. The kingdom of God is being established upon the face of the earth. And we are coming to the season where men will truly say, Of a truth, the Lord reign it. Praise the living God. Hallelujah. So, we are talking about the new people now. With the royal priesthood. We are now in God's kingdom. Amen. Hallelujah. 
So, in expressing the kingdom, we are talking of representing or presenting the reality of the kingdom of God in words or state of being amongst men. We are talking of representing or presenting. Are you with me? The reality of the kingdom of God in words or in a state of being amongst people. But I mean to say we are carriers of God's kingdom wherever we go. Hallelujah. Are you still with me? We are carriers of his presence wherever we go. By implication, when we speak, we should speak as kingdom people. When we do business, we do business as kingdom people. When we smile, we smile as kingdom people. Are you with me? Glory to God. (laughs) Some of you just need to know this. Life is easy. Don't make it tough. One of the ways you make life tough is by the things you consider around you. The way you feel people think about you. The way you feel... I mean, sometimes you feel life is not treating you well, but I'm trying to make you understand. If you remember what we talk about, the peace of Pastor, I understand that you know that life is very beautiful. If only you can connect to the reality of the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. Are you still with me? When we talk about expressing the kingdom, we're saying we want to make known the opinions or feelings of oneself. As the kingdom might in this present evil world. And I repeat that. You can express yourself as a believer who is in the kingdom. Wherever you find yourself. So, we can talk about kingdom family structure. Kingdom husband lifestyle. Kingdom wife lifestyle. Kingdom children lifestyle. We are expressing God's kingdom. We are expressing the reality of what the kingdom is all about. Thy kingdom come that will be done in art before this art. It is when the will of God is done in our art that we can express it where? On the art. For the increase of his government there shall be no end. And I'll make you see that. When I was writing two days ago something to post on the Facebook that thing came to my mind in the book of Isaiah. The increase of his government. That means the government is already there, but it's increasing. Did you get that? <laughs> and, and I will touch that maybe next week. When you talk about government, you have to understand what that word really stands for. In the Latin, it's actually two words, govern and meant. The meant is a suffix. Right? Suffix and additional word to the end of a word. And when you check the word meant, it means mind. So government is simply mind control. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? And that's why politicians come, they talk to you. Hey, if you vote for me, I'm going to give you a sack of Gary. I'm going to give you this, I'm going to give you that. You buy into that because you need that food. And you go and cast your vote. They just control you by the advertisements. And so when you are the kingdom, 
What happens? The Holy Spirit controls you by dictating to your mind what you should do. Are you still there with me? That is government. We'll talk about that. Once you're in the kingdom, we have to give expression to the artistic and creative impulses or abilities of oneself born of the Spirit of God. And I want you to notice this. Your artistic or creative abilities is manifested as a kingdom people. So, if you are somebody who worships, you worship in the Spirit of the Lord. Look at that place where Ezekiel Corinthians chapter 5, we talk about Jordan tomb, talk about Asap, all these we are singers who can write songs. You are expressing your creative ability as a kingdom person. You make clothes that are kingdom clothes. Oh, glory now. Are you sitting there with me? The creator house have to manifest the kingdom by the thing he creates. By implication, the kingdom is taking over all realms because those who are in those realms are kingdom people. That is how we express the kingdom. So it's not something that is coming in tomorrow. It's right here. Right to your spirit. Praise the Lord. To express the kingdom means to convey a true impression of you who is born into the very family of the kingdom of God. The true impression. In other words, no faking. I remember one time I was in South Africa and I was doing the right up on um, um, dimensions of giving. And here was a guy that came in to visit my friend where I was lodging in Johannesburg. And this is a pastor. He has his camera, everything with him. He drives. He just do whatever. Put it on TV. It's on a television program. And now it was time. He hasn't studied. He has nothing to show for it. So he came in. He saw what's going on. He just said, hey man, can you just speak for me? I just present you as a guest speaker. <laughs> I said, okay, fine. So he just set up the camera. So now I was sharing, ministering, and all that. But God did a wonderful thing. <laughs> he made sure that the guy who set the camera did not put it on. And so I was just teaching and teaching. And the next thing, he just pretended like he was going to fall. I said, what do you call the anointing? was pushing him to fall. And his brother just came and grabbed him and they snapped him. But nothing showed on the camera. It was all fake. You understand what I'm saying? What is this? What happened? Everything, nothing showed there. I said, nothing showed there. I said, because it was fake. You were acting like something was pushing you and this man was ready to catch you up there. Fake. That's no kingdom. You got to be yourself. Do you understand what I'm talking about? We want to see your real you. No pretense. Let the spirit influence you to live the life that he wants you to live. Don't pretend. A kingdom person expresses his real self. Wherever you find yourself. By the influence of the power of the Holy Spirit. Are you there with me? I think I need to go. This is time now. Okay. It is to manifest or produce character, molecule, or effect by a genetic process of that which the kingdom represents. 
the character, the molecule, the genetic process. In other words, we are expressing the ultimate gene of God to mankind. We are revealing our true identity, our real DNA as kingdom people. What about final selves? That is what it means to be a child of God. That's what it means to be in the kingdom of God. Praise the living God. Are we still here? So, I'm going to deal with two wells. I've just given definition. I'm going to give you two wells today that express this, or by which you can express the kingdom of God. Two wells. Last Sunday we treated what? What did we talk about on last Sunday? Transparency. Amen? Right. So today I'm going to be dealing with, uh, how do I call this? Avoiding false witnesses. You know, let me read first. Because you see, false witness will harm people. False stories will harm people. We speak truth. We don't lie. If, if, if we say a thing, people should be able to hold on to it and say, what this man said is the truth. Is that okay? Avoiding false witnesses. Exodus 23, verse 1 to 2, NIV. Do not spread false reports. Do not help a wicked man by being a malicious witness. I was sharing with you, brother. This may not be a general thing, but I was sharing with this brother. It's a, it's a lawyer, a barrister, an advocate. And I told him, why aren't you practicing? He said, yes, of course, uh, I should be able to practice, but you see, uh, reasonably you have to bend some things for you to win your case. <laughs> and that is why, you see, even if a kidnapper is taken to court, you still have a lawyer to stand for him. Do you understand what I'm talking about? That's a problem. But the Bible did not give you room for that. But you see, you see, come up to defend a kidnapper, to defend the murder. And sometimes, even if you succeed, it upgrades you in your profession of the best lawyer. That's no scripture. That's no kingdom living. Are you following what I'm talking about? We say, Pastor, but I say, I'm going to make my living. No, that is because you don't believe in who you are. You don't really understand that you don't have to lie to succeed in life. And look at the picture situation. Somebody just killed somebody. Instead of standing to say, man, you killed this individual. So I go to jail, you defend that individual, and he's set free. And you are rejoicing all for the money being paid to you. You're wicked. That's not kingdom. Are you sitting there with me? Hallelujah. Don't not spread false reports. That means everything you are going to say to somebody else must be what has been verified. Had an experience last Sunday. And I come out and say, man, I see something terrible that just happened to me. I was here with pastor and somebody walked into this place, gave me a story about his sister, 
I was blown up. I got so mad. And I thought, okay, fine, I'm going to handle the issue. I got home and I spoke to my wife. I said, what happened? My wife asked me a question. Have you heard from this sister? I said, well, no, 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 but there's a precedent I'm looking at. I know that. So the next day I called on the sister. And by the time the sister put down her story, everything the first woman said was zero. I was, I was, in fact, I needed to apologize to this sister for ever believing what that lady said before. Are you still there with me? You must verify the information you are getting by people. You gotta make it understand something. If there are no false reports, if there are no slanders, they are not gonna be gossipers. If there are no gossipers, they are gonna have peace on the earth. Hallelujah. Look at verse 2. Do not follow the crowd in doing wrong. When you give testimony in a lawsuit, do not pervert justice by siding with the crowd. And do not show favoritism to a poor man in his lawsuit. Don't do any of those things. Be plain. Do you understand that? <laughs> You know, when it comes to this, it's a terrible thing. Because, you know what people say? What is this one? The voice of majority, voice of God, isn't it? Something like that. It's, it's crazy. Huh? Majority, yeah. You understand? How true is that? When they went to spy the Canaan land, how many people brought the reports? Majority said, we can't enter. Only two said, we can enter. Why is the voice of the majority the voice of God? Who told you that? Hmm? Only Caleb and Joshua came with a different report, but the rest of the people came. They said we can't enter the promised land. But yeah, we say the voice of majority is the voice of God. How is this scripturally proven? It's a lie. Here the scripture says, do not follow the crowd in doing wrong. That is, if they have something they are pushing, don't because there are many think that it is true. No. As a child of God, you got to find out the mind of God. You got to verify the information. You got to be sure. If this is true, then it's true. But if it's not true, not because so many people are saying the same thing. Therefore, it is true. First King chapter 22 also, when you look at the case of verse 22, I'm sure. When you look at the case of Ahab, Remember this story? Very good. When Ahab was to be destroyed and sent out of the kingdom as a king, one spirit said, I'm going to be a lying spirit in the mouth of all his prophets. Only one prophet had the true word of God. The rest of the prophets were telling lies. Why and how do you conclude that the voice of majority is the voice of God? Deception. So everybody saying anything, therefore we have to say it. No. Everybody believing anything, therefore we have to believe it. No. That's our kingdom lifestyle. You got to verify your facts. You got to know the truth about whatever you're going to. Listen, if you have an information to give out, don't let it be the information coming to the news media. Hallelujah. I will read it from the message translation. 
And this is what it says. Exodus 22 and 23, 1 and 2. Message. Don't pass on malicious gossip. Don't link up with a wicked person and give corrupt testimony. Corrupt testimony. Oh God. <laughs> Have you heard sometimes when people come out from a crusade say, Oh God, move miraculously. We had about 50 people healed from their wheelchair. And we had about 5,000 that came to the crusade ground. But you go check, you find that actually people that came to the crusade ground, they were not up to 1,000. All lies. They do crusade, they take people's picture and put it there. And yet we claim to be Christians. When Ishakiri and Robohad issued the last time, the town hall at that market by estate there was burned. We belong to Ishakiri people. Pastors came, two pastors I saw came, took pictures and sent them over say that they burned the other churches. They need money. That is how crafty we can be. That's how deceptive we can be. Just because you wanted help, just because you needed money, you go and take a demolished building and say that is your, your church and the crisis happened and your church is burned down. You see what I'm saying? We say we are Christians. I don't understand. High level of deception. High level of corruption. Hallelujah. Are you still with me? Praise the Lord. Don't go along with the crowd in doing evil. And don't forge your testimony in a case just to please the crowd. And this is very serious. Just to please the crowd. I'm going to show you something about that. Oh my. Thou shalt not read the false report. Which is acting contrary to precept. In the way it should be. Listen to this. Those who invent false and slanderous reports. And those who receive them are equal criminals. If I carry a false report about somebody, about my country, about anybody else, and you believe me, we both are criminals in partnership. I don't know if you are getting this. So the true sense if there was going to be a judgment for the person that carried the false report, you who also believe the false report, you receive the same judgment. <laughs> I need you to get this. Because except somebody believes a rumor, it will not spread. A rumor may start with somebody, and somebody believes that rumor, and give it to somebody else, and somebody else, and then the rumor begins to spread. But as many have believed in that original rumor, the offense that person committed, you also committed the same offense because both of you have become equal in crimes. Therefore, if anybody comes to give you an information, you better check. In fact, scripture said, be quick to hear, but slow to speak. Have you read that before? <laughs> Praise the Lord. So, here we are looking at something which is very critical. Where there are no publishers 
of slander and calumny, gossiping, there will be no receivers. And where there are no receivers, there will be no to raise such reports. And where no receivers, I mean no raisers, no receivers, no propagators of such calumny and slanders, society will be in peace. You see, you know how war starts most times? One nation will go to another nation, somebody will carry information, you didn't know what that nation is thinking about you. Huh? You know, haven't you read US? Haven't you seen China is preparing this? This one is doing that. You understand that? And no, we have to defend our position. All war starts from simple gossip. Go check history. Information passing from one person to the other. Go to your communal clashes. The villages where you see community clashing. Somebody passes information. Somebody can go to the king or the traditional ruler way by there and say, You sitting down here? See that land on the other side? Somebody is taking it. And she said, What are you talking about? I say, I'm just telling you the truth. How do you know? Somebody on the other side told me that their community is taking our land. All troubles you see, they start from gossip. Are you still with me? So if there are no people that raise the false report, if there are no people that believe the false report, if there are no people that propagate the false report, then peace will reign on the land. So as a kingdom person, we've been called to be peacemakers. So which of the ways, or one of the ways by which we are supposed to be peacemakers is never to believe false report or carry false reports. Hallelujah. Let me give you an example here. About the crowd thing. Act 24-25, book of Acts. 24-25. Hallelujah. This is Felix. King Felix now. And as he reasoned of righteousness, Paul speaking, temperance and judgment to come, Felix trembled and answered, Go that way for this time. When I have convenient season, I will call for thee. They are judging Paul now. You have also that money should have been given to him of Paul. That means bribery did not start today. Did you see that? Now, he keep on sending Paul back to the cell, bringing him, sending Paul back to the cell, bringing him. What was he waiting for? Paul should pass an envelope so that we set him free. It didn't start today. It has always been there. So you go to the police station, you have to pass an envelope for your case to be turned upside down for you. Hmm? It has been there. Look at the next thing. That he might lose lose him. You understand that? Good. Wherefore he sent for him the orphan and coming with him several times. By implication, it's like I even mentioned to Paul. If only you can just make something available. I will just close this case for you. See what I'm saying? It has always been there. Look at verse 27. But about two years. Imagine that. That means this guy was in prison for two years because he refused to pass an envelope. Are you seeing it there? That's how so many of our people are in prison today because they have no means of passing envelope to people who are in position. 
After two years, Pastor Felix came to Felix's room and Felix, willing to show the Jews a pleasure, disappoint, left Paul bound. Don't follow multitude to commit evil. Now, this man will release Paul, but because he wanted to please the Jews, the multitude, he kept Paul bound. Did you see that? Praise the Lord. Go to R25, it's number 9. R25, it's number 9. But first, I was willing to do the Jews a pleasure. Answer Paul and said, Will I go up to Jerusalem and there be judge of these things before me? The idea was to please the multitude. All that Paul suffered or because those people responsible they wanted to please the multitude now do you do that in your judgment you are not a kingdom person don't follow multitude to commit evil hallelujah so when that information you put it out there what you teach what you preach in the pulpit what you believe about and what they say about people and nations is from the news without verification of the truth of that matter you are not being transparent or exhibiting the qualities of the bride of Christ that you represent is that okay? you should be careful You know, people write a lot of things on Facebook, write a lot of things on newspapers, all manner of things, all based on their feelings and opinions. You can't join such people when they're trying to express their own opinion. Their opinion does not mean it's true. They could be doing that out of hatred for the person they want to slander. A kingdom person should not join forces with such people to run down under individuals because in the truth says you're killing those people even though they are alive. Hallelujah. Look at Mighty 26 verse 27, 24. Mighty 26 verse 24. When Pilate, Mighty 26 24, when Pilate saw that he could prevent nothing, I'm sorry, I got it wrong. Did I get it wrong? Okay, but that's what I wanted to talk about. Where Pilate had to wash his hands. Is that okay? Alright, what he says. When Pilate saw that he could prevent not, but rather that a tumor was made, he took water and washed his hands before the multitude, saying, I am innocent of the blood of the just person. See ye to it. Then answer all the people and say, There's blood be on us. Should be 27. And our children. Then release the Barabbas unto them. And when he had scourged them, he delivered him to be crucified. Now the point I want you to see here is this. Pilate had to wash his hand off from the mindset of the multitude. Amen? You understand what I'm talking about here? Don't join the crowd to commit evil. And this is very, very critical. 27 I said, yes. Matthew 27. Is that okay? 
When Pilate saw that he couldn't prevent nothing but that, rather a tumult was made. He took water and washed his hand before the multitude, saying, I'm innocent of the blood of this just person. See ye to it. He had to kill himself. Why? Scripture says, don't join multitude to commit evil. Mighty 27, 24. As much as possible, apply Pilate when it's a case before the people. Know the intent. But remember, God personally spoke to Pilate through the wife. How many of you remember that? This man is innocent. And that is when you need to hear the voice of God. So what delivered Pilate from joining the crowd and committing this crime? The voice of God that came to a dream through the wife. This man is innocent. He washed his hand. Instead of joining the multitude to do what? To commit evil. You need to hear the voice of God. In any case, any matter that is going forth, you need to hear what God has to say about that. Praise the Lord. Are we still here? Let me take the second thing. Oh, is it one more time? And I just needed to give you two words today. I'll take this the very first way. The next thing I want you to see as one of the ethics and principles and culture of a kingdom person is passion towards men and creation and the revelation of the kingdom of God. Passion towards men and creation and what? The revelation of the kingdom of God. Again, like we said, it might be sustained that kingdom come that will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The way stand for God's purpose. And his purpose for the earth is that man should have dominion and live in peace. Hallelujah. That will be done on earth. The will of God is a man who have dominion, live in peace on the face of the earth. How much of this understanding have you gotten? How much of the drive, I mean this, how much of the drive do you have within your spirit because of this revelation? That God, what God wants is his peace. Remember, God's kingdom is righteousness, peace, and joy where in the Holy Spirit. Do you have passion for the things of God? In Proverbs 16 verse 7, the Bible says, When a man's way please the Lord, he make it even his enemies to be what? To be at peace with him. When a man will please the Lord, he may get even his enemies to be at peace with him. By implication, if we introduce the word of God into the earth, God will ensure all forms of enmity, attacking humanity, attacking families, will put aside. God takes care of them. God takes care of them. Why? Because his will is in the place. Why? Because his ways is being manifested. Meaning, if we start revealing truth wherever we find ourselves, which is the word of God, the life of God, what happens? God takes care of the enemies. Hallelujah. So instead of fighting the enemies, raising fire, prayer points, what are you supposed to do? Consider your way, according to the book of Hagar. He just called the people and said, you consider your ways. Because Hagar was saying, the people came crying. Say, our crops have been eating with weevils. All our farmland, nothing producing. Everything is going bad. And he said, yes. Consider your ways. <laughs> your ways is a problem. When a man's way please the Lord, he make his enemies to be at peace with him. So all those weevil, rat, everything, cockroaches, eating you up, place your way right before God. He shut your mouth. Hallelujah. 
So yeah, we are talking about the kingdom of God. And that is the moral and spiritual kingdom which the God of grace is setting up in this fallen world whose subject consists of us. Many have been brought into hearty subjection to the rule of God. We have been brought into that subjection to his rule by the power of his spirit working within our spirit. That's how the kingdom is established. Hallelujah. We must understand this. And indeed, what reality of this kingdom, the kingdom of God is within you. It has ever existed since when men walk with God and when men wait for the salvation of God, the kingdom has always been there. Right? Those who walk continually with him were rejoicing with gladness. He has only showed himself in their midst. There is something I want you to see before I close this. Look at Luke chapter 4, verse 42. I'm talking about passion, drive, Luke 4, 42. Bible says, when it was day, he departed and went into a desert place, that, talking about Jesus. And the people sought him and came unto him and stayed him. They wanted him to stay behind, that he should not depart from them. And the Bible says, and he said unto them, I must preach the kingdom of God to all the cities also. For therefore I am sent, I must preach. That's the passion. What was the passion of Jesus? What drove him? The kingdom of God. The reality of God's kingdom. Why must it be so? Because when the kingdom is upon the earth, the peace of God will reign amongst men. What is your passion? If you have this understanding, you evangelize. If you know that you can be an instrument to make peace available, you win souls. Are you still there with me? Because what brings peace amongst men is the peace of God, the kingdom of God. If you can come to this understanding, you won't wait for anybody because your reward is with the Lord. You won't wait for anybody to push you to go and win so, to go and evangelize. You won't wait for anybody. Are you still there with me? Look at 2 Corinthians 5, verse number 19. Passion towards men and the creation. And the kingdom of God. Second Corinthians 5, 19. To we that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and have committed unto us, what? The world of reconciliation. Now then, we are what? Ambassadors of Christ. As though God did beseech you by us, we pray in Christ that be a what? Reconciled. And the next thing he said, For he had made him to be seen for us who knew no sin that we might be made what? The righteousness of God in him. He is giving to us the ministry of what? Reconciliation. How many times have you, I mean, taken our time to get people to know Christ? How many times have you taken time out to get people to understand that there's no enmity between them and God anymore by reason of Christ's sacrifice? How many times have you done that? Where is your passion? What drives you? Is it money? At the expense of life? Money is not life. Wealth is not life. I'll make you see 
Now one of the ways by which you express the kingdom of God is wealth. And wealth is not just money. Wealth includes talent, energy, wisdom, understanding. All of those input together equals wealth. For I give her the power to do what? To create wealth. Where is your passion? How many people for the whole of this year passing by now did you speak to about Jesus? Talk to me. <laughs> How many people can you boastfully say you spoke to about Jesus Christ? For the whole of this year running 2020. Be honest with yourself. Don't be a false witness. Be honest with yourself. Bro, lucky smiling. <laughs> that is the truth. What is your passion? What is driving you? Is it money? We are ambassadors of Christ. We are reconciling men unto God. We bring God's peace to people. That should be your passion as a kingdom individual. Sustaining, strengthening people that are weak. That they might be in the faith. Bringing peace to broken homes. That should be your passion. The kingdom of God. If he drove Jesus, he meant to drive you. Because the false born among many brethren. Don't claim his inheritance where you don't claim what he died for, what he worked for. Is it not enough to say we are joint heirs with Christ? If we are joint heirs, then we must do what he did. You can't be inheriting where you don't sow or you don't have connection. With the Father whose will. Remember what he said? Our Father which are heaven, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. We are talking about the will of the Father. You are not connected to the will of the Father, yet you won't hurry toward the Father has. Oh, come on. Let's be honest with ourselves. What drives you? What's your passion? <laughs> Hallelujah. Let me tell you this final scripture. I think we can close from here. You've tried. Act chapter 21, verse number 10. What's your passion in this life? What are you living for? What have you concluded in your spirit you should live for? What is life without a passion for the kingdom of God? Here is Paul. Act 21, verse 10. Act 21, verse 10. And as we tarried there many days, there came down from Jude. Judea is a prophet named Agabus. And when he was come unto us, he took Paul's Gideon, bind his own hands and feet, and said, Thus say the Holy Ghost, so shall the Jews at Jerusalem bind the man that owned his ghetto, and shall deliver him into the hands of the Gentiles. And when we held these things, both we and they that place and they of that place beseech him not to go up to Jerusalem. Then Paul answered, What mean I yea to weep and to break my heart? For I am not ready to abandon only, but I am also to die at Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus. And when you will not be persuaded, we see saying, The will of the Lord be done. Why do you want to break my heart? 
Here is a passion. It's gone beyond the issue of I must do it. It's now to the point of if it have to die, let me die. The only thing we know how to talk about is the Esther. If I must die, let me die. I think that's the only thing we know how to quote. But here was Paul also saying, don't even let that bother you. If it amounts to death, I am going to die. The passion for the kingdom of God. The passion for the message of Christ. The passion for truth to prevail. What is driving you? Hallelujah. I remember when we got a meeting in Singapore. Those of you here, you know. Was called by Dr. Munyan to come over to Singapore for a meeting. And then I booked my ticket. I got to Subi Airport. Ticket was cancelled. And my flight is just right there in the evening. I have to get to Benin. The Yaro there to take a bus. At about 9 p.m. We chartered a vehicle from Usubi here. Two other guys too. They all need to get to Lagos. We go there, enter this bus and we're driving. Somewhere around the Jabode, this man was drunk because he would stop. We don't know he was going to take shots along the road. And then immediately we passed the Jabode. That was almost around 1 a.m. The next thing was that everybody right inside the bush. Terrible accident. Now I was sitting at the edge of the, of the, of the, of the car, the last seat by the side. I wanted to stretch my leg. The whole of that side was down, so I have no means of coming out. I was trapped there. The seat fed on my leg. The windows were broken. People were scrambling themselves. Those who could manage money. The driver was already out of the car before the whole thing happened. Crazy people. See what I mean? I mean, all my body bruises everywhere. Torn blood was oozing. Now I was lying there. Everybody ran away because they faced a dangerous spot. This is a place where armed robbers and the light of the car was still on. So people knew that accident just happened. Somebody carried my back to the roadside. I was left there. Driver, everybody's gone. I said, what is going to happen? I just remained still for a while and I had a voice. Touched the seat. I just laid my hands on the seat. The tip on its own just moved up. Boop. As if somebody jacked it off. That's how I was going to get out of the car. But need to see on my body. We got up there. My clothes was torn. I just threw them off. Chained. The guy was saying, man, let's go. This place is bad. This is a terrible place. I said, no, I can't take this kind of clothes and start traveling. I must change my clothes. I opened my bag. Dress again. One year. We started going to Lagos. Somebody was passing by. Saying, Were you in the car that had the accident? The boss... We said, yes, okay, let me help you to Lagos. The guy took us, we got to Lagos. Man, it was horrible. I got to the hotel, what I was supposed to say. There was nothing I could do. I just called for hot water. I just helped myself. The next morning, I went to a pharmacist, put bandage on my body, and they called me from Singapore and said, Pastor David, we've got to know you have an accident. Please stop coming. I said, no, I am coming. And that was it. So when Munia was trying to talk to me anymore, I switched off the phone. Because I don't want anybody to stop me from making the trip. I have to put bandage on myself with pads, cutting wool, because I was still bleeding. That's how I entered the plane. Now, if they detect that from you, they will not fly you. But I have to go that way. When I got there, I know I was putting extra, um, whatever, towel on my bed 
to avoid soaking the bed I was sleeping in for the three days I went in Singapore. But see what God did in that meeting. God glorified Himself. The Holy Spirit showed up. Man, man, I told you, remember? Yeah. The first tablet I used so far in my life, I got it from that trip. Somebody just came to me and said, The Lord told me I should give you 600 US dollars. He told me to keep the money two months ago. And when you came preaching, I just see my mother, my father, my brother, we all got healed. We were crumbled down because we belong to Hindus. They told us the spirit of Hinduism is one tormenting us. And that's why we came to this place. We've been here for two years, but nothing has happened. But when you start speaking, something was passing through my body. Stay with my mother, stay with my brother. Right now we're all healed. And when I got back home, the Lord told me in the night, take this money, go and give it to my son. Here is some money. Praise God. Passion. What is driving you? That's my question. You know God's mind? Oh, come on here. You know God's mind? Psalm 2, verse 7 and 8. I close here tonight. Psalm 2. Am I helping anybody? I'm talking about kingdom expression. Kingdom expression. What drives you? What is moving you? Can you get out of your house one day and you are going to the street because you want to talk to somebody? Can you pick up your phone because you feel there's somebody you need to call and talk to? What is your passion like? What is driving you? I'm talking about kingdom expression. <laughs> oh my God. Psalm 2 verse 7. I will declare the decree the Lord has said unto me, God my son, this day have I begotten thee. This is Jesus talking. Ask of me, and I shall give thee the heaven for thy inheritance, and the utmost part of the earth for what? That possession. Can I take this from the message translation? It's so beautiful there. Message translation. Let me tell you what God said next. He said, you are my son. Today is your birthday. <laughs> what do you want? Name it. Nations as a present content as what? Price. I'm giving you nations as your present, your birthday gift. And I'm giving the continents of the world unto you. This is what we should be thinking about. If this is the birthday present for Jesus Christ, <laughs> what other present do you think you can give to him or you ever have that you can even receive? If God's intended for him to give him the nations, why are we content with not even making a move from our home to our neighbors? Why are we content with that? What's your passion? What drives you? If you understand what I'm talking about, if you don't understand the word in what I'm talking about, then you will not ask anybody or allow anybody to force you to win souls. For that is the only thing which is the heart cry of God. Missions. Missions. And missions. Thank you for listening to Dr. David Ogaga. We know you have been blessed by this station. You can share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information, inquiries, and free downloads, please visit www.davidogaga.org or you can send us an email admin at gkai.net. God bless you.